there has never been more choice for fans of cinema. Movie studios and streaming services are releasing content every week, yet somehow, to three guys living in the UK, the choice of what to watch has never been more difficult. Led by celluloid junkie Dave, industry professional Jim, and sci-fi nerd Fish, the guys chart the rise and fall of the 1990s from the very beginning in the spirit of education, conversation, and wanting to learn as much as possible about what was cool then, what's still cool now, and everything in between. We invite you all to take the journey through the 90s. Repeated. Welcome to the 90s Repeated, the movie podcast where we revisit the best films of the 90s from the very beginning. This week it's still 1990 and we're repeating the moderately successful UK 90s hit film Nuns on the Run, starring Robbie, Hagrid from Harry Potter, Coltrane and Eric, always look on the bright side of life, Idol. Cue the trailer. Brian and Charlie were a couple of average, hard-working gangsters. In the dick when you're dead! Eric Idle. You'll never get away with this. Robbie Coltrane. This is our only chance to go straight. You call this going straight? <laughs> Nuns on the Run. The story of an immaculate deception. Right, in the, before we start the movie, in what has become a staple of the 90s repeated podcast, I will be playing a number one hit single at around the time of the movie's release and asking Jim and Fish to guess the number one single. Are you guys ready? As always, bring it on. Here we go. It's uh, Madonna. Madonna. Vogue. Oh, oh, I think Fish has picked him to it. Yes, come on. <laughs> I've taken the lead. It's 3 2 Fish. Oh, no. It's frustrating when you can't get the title out. Never mind, mate. We'll get there next time. <laughs> Um, so, Nuns on the Run, gentlemen. Um, I believe this was kind of Fisher's choice, really. It wouldn't have been my pick. Wasn't um, my choice. Wasn't my choice. This was your choice. True. Did you? Was it some sort of inception that you pulled I, it might have on been, me? Yeah. I, I agreed wholeheartedly with your choice, but uh, I do believe you inserted it into our schedule. No, I think you've been bigging this movie up for years. <laughs> and, um, and then I was like, oh, it came out. I know Fish like Nuns on the Run. Do you want to do Nuns on the Run? And then you were like, yeah, absolutely, let's do Nuns on the Run. I take it from your tone of voice and general manner that you hate this film. Uh, I mean, um, I had no memory really of Nuns on the Run. I remember it was actually a bit, quite a big movie in the UK. Like I, it was, I remember the TV commercials. It used to be on TV a lot in the 90s, you know, and then it just disappeared. And I think you just don't see or hear about it anymore. It's a, it's a, it's a ghost. It's not, not actually been commercially available um, on DVD since June 2016. That's not that long um, ago. Boutique video label Arrow Videos owns the rights to this. Uh, I wonder if they will ever release it again. Uh, who knows? I mean, the movie was moderately successful. Um, made for an unknown budget, but uh, did $3 million in the UK, $11 million in the USA. I have to imagine that was profitable. Yeah, so no strong feelings going in. Um, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Had you had you seen this before? I believe no. I don't believe think I'd... so. You might you might have dipped in. No, at some I'm pretty point. sure I hadn't seen it. I, I think I've probably just seen trailers and 
on, on bits on TV. I, I don't think I'd ever no not sat down and watched it start to finish. All right, Jim, had you seen it before? Oh yeah, I'm the same. I'd never seen this film oh, before. What on earth is going on? <laughs> right, okay. Because I had this on a destroyed in pieces VHS tape, which had just been rewound four million times. I can guess which section that was. Yeah, the, sh- the shower scene was not in a good state. Did you have, I mean, did you have it with like, you know, um, Diary of a Taxi Driver, Diary of a Window Cleaner? Did you have... What? what? What's Diary of a Taxi Driver? I think it was uh, Confessions of a Taxi Confessions Driver. Confessions of a Taxi Driver. A, yeah, they were sort of <laughs> adult in nature, weren't they? Like comedy kind of. Is that right? Were they comedies? Um, they were kind of softcore porn, yeah. Um, <laughs> comedies, but I think this well, takes a lot. Run, it's not softcore porn. <laughs> I think it? it takes a lot. Of, I think it takes a lot from those those kind of movies. Actually, there's, nonsense. There's, there's, we're getting 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 kind of ahead of ourselves here. Hang on, so fish. You, you've obviously seen a lot of this movie. I love this film so much. Do you still love it? Really? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it again. It's oh. amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um. So let's uh, let's get my notes. Please scrawled in shit on the wall. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot to write down about this movie. I, Did I you have a lot? Well, okay. Yeah. So the um, movie starts. Uh, they're in a, a fish and chip shop, aren't they? Uh, well, yeah, some sort of cafe, presumably. Fish yeah, that traditional shop, British sure. cafe. Sure. You know, uh, cameras panning back off a plate of fish and chips, and then we go into a standard little two-shot, one-shot. Brian, you don't like this job any more than I do, do you? Well, of course not. Same old grind week after week. There's so much stress. Yeah, the stress. You want a Valium? Um, and I thought, oh, you know, the, the camera pans back. That's It's doing something. And that was the last time I remember the camera moving <laughs> or doing anything interesting uh, for Rubbish. the entire duration of the movie. There's, and I remember there's thinking, Dutch tilts all over the place. Well, this is the thing that I wrote down. The Dutch angles in this movie are just incredible. It's, They're it's everywhere. It's worse than Batman and Robin. <laughs> Yeah, and they just feel so out of place and uncomfortable, which is, I know, the idea of a Dutch angle, but in the context of this film, it was just horrible. Well, who's the director? It's a guy called Jonathan Lynn. Written and directed by Jonathan Lynn, um, who I have a fair amount of affection for because he directed My Cousin Vinny, mm-hmm. okay. uh, which is, I love that movie with Joe yeah. Pesci. And, uh-huh. uh, but then I watched this and I thought, maybe this, this guy just really knows how to cast movies well because I don't, I maybe questioned his whole ability as a filmmaker put it that way well John, Jonathan because I, I did a bit of research before going into the film Jonathan Lynn was a member of the uh, Footlights okay which was the Cambridge University uh, Dramatic Society you know that that basically Monty Python came from and Fry and Laurie and you know in later years like Richard Ayoade and uh, Mitchell and Webb and that kind of stuff so there was like an expectation going into this movie from me about the director and the fact that, you know, he was obviously in good company. And that's obviously the relationship between uh, Eric Idle and stuff. So I, I had kind of high hopes based on that information. <laughs> yeah. Uh, had high hopes is the, is the key word. Right, I need to know if you like this film or not, because this is going to be a really difficult chat. I didn't I didn't like this film. No, I thought it made like, it made Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels look like Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah okay Jim I I struggled through this movie unfortunately yeah. oh. it's not it's not an easy oh, one I've got a bad head now <laughs> um, I mean it, there's not it's not there's not without some things to talk about uh, by all means hang on a minute uh, right, quite... just, just I, need, I need I need a baseline here did you guys like the carry on films 
No. No. Right. So I think this is basically one step up from a carry-on film. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. That's its bar. Yeah. That's the level. But if you go into it knowing that, then you can just enjoy it <laughs> on that basis, knowing that it's absolute twaddle nonsense. But it's great. I remember when I was a kid and I went around certain parents' houses and they'd have, like, you know, the VHS shelf. And some parents had all the VHSs of the carry-on films. Sure. And I always thought there was something a little bit sleazy, smutty, and off about that. (laughs) And I was always a little bit... If if someone's parents had that, I would have thought, oh, they're a little bit sleazy. (laughs) Yeah. And that kind of sleazy, uncomfortable, grubby feeling is kind of how I felt watching watching this. (laughs) And I I think it's kind of... I think it's actually an element of British filmmaking. I think the British kind of style in the 70s, 80s, and here we are in the 90s, I think we kind of got out of this, but I think we started off a little bit sleazy and smutty, didn't we? Like those carry-on films and, yeah, Confessions of a Window Cleaner, Confessions of a Cabbie, that's kind of like what British filmmaking was for a little bit. The residual leftovers are kind of in this movie. Absolutely. A little bit. And then we moved into crime. And crime so we kind of went serious. But yeah. Um, so yeah, generally a bit uncomfortable really watching this. I'll get onto that more. <laughs> it just I was surprised at the knowing that it was a fairly successful movie, but just how like low budget it did look. Oh like, yeah. It's it's not shot well at all. Um I think that this was is a, yeah. an issue. Yeah, it wasn't a shot well. I think this is a generational thing as well, Fish, because I think if you're like Steady. over the age of fifty, this movie's probably cat. Uh, right. Hang on. <laughs> Over the age of if you're of a 50. certain generation, yeah, if you're of a certain generation, like if you're a certain British male who grew up in the 70s, no. who's like, is into mod culture, no. that and that, you know, a little bit right wing, no, this is the kind of All movie wrong. I imagine you dine, you dine out on on a Sunday. <laughs> All afternoon. incorrect, try harder. <laughs> he says, wearing a flat cap. <laughs> What's a flat? That's a classic working class item of clothing, the flat cap. This is a left-wing flat cap. That, that's what I kind of imagine. This is kind of like, you know, cigarettes in the pub, Sunday afternoon, pint of Guinness, like British, kind of a little bit smutty. This is this is where this movie lives. It's like watching a soap opera, wasn't it, as well? Like a British soap opera, I felt. Yeah, it's kind of, it feels like a bit like, a bit Coronation Street, a bit EastEnders, doesn't it? No. It feels... <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Move on. Okay. Um... Yeah, so we get introduced to our two main characters. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, oh, Laurel and Hardy kind of vibes, you know, big fat guy, uh-huh. skinny guy. This could be like a classic pairing, you know, mm-hmm. comedy mm-hmm. gold. I actually think Robbie Coltrane largely comes out of this movie unscathed. I think he's pretty solid. I mean, I think they both give good performances. I don't think there's anything about that. that. Yeah, <laughs> they're both quite good. In the I think film, they've got a good chemistry as well as as a couple. I think they're a. You know, I'm not sure they have chemistry. I think they do. I don't think they kind of bounce off each other. Not not in the way that comedy duos should, I don't think. Like you say, Dave, I think you, you know, you're expecting this sort of Laurel and Hardy-esque kind of uh, feeling about it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it doesn't quite play too well. Annunciation. Isn't that a classy word for announcement? Yes, if you are the angel of the Lord and you're declaring to the Virgin Mary she's about to conceive by the Holy Ghost and have an immaculate conception. But not, Brian, not because you want a private shower because you're pretending to be a nun and you're frightened the other nuns might see your dick. I think uh, very early, it just all seemed a bit... Because I didn't understand who they were and what they were doing. And it's kind of like, <laughs> even though they say, oh, you know, we're gangsters, it's like they're definitely well, that's not. Co- yeah. 
it's, it's kind of a joke at the beginning where they're talking about wanting to get out of the life and you don't know what it is and it's not like it used to be. Um, and then it turns out they're bank robbers and that's supposed to be, oh, they're bank robbers. That's, <laughs> that's funny. The editing's really bad in this movie as well, by the way. Like, it feels like scenes just go on a little bit too long and like maybe there's a gap that's a little too long between when the people speak. Um, a bit like this podcast. <laughs> um, I, I mean I wrote down the 10 minutes into this movie I hadn't laughed once I don't know when the first laugh was I was on the occur. floor from the opening credits it's <laughs> hilarious when, when was the jokes where were the jokes I mean I, I actually, the, the middle section's the strongest by the way but the first 30 minutes I was like Whew, I really struggled that first 30 minutes yeah. until they get until they get into the nunnery. They don't, they don't actually put, although the movie's called Nuns on the Run, they don't actually put the habits on until 24 minutes into the film. I like wrote that down. Me too, yeah. yeah. Well, what, what, what do you want to, in the opening <laughs> scene, you want them to just be wearing the nuns' outfits? Oh, no, I'm yeah. just saying, it takes a long time. 24 minutes in that long. Given the movie's like 90 minutes long. Yeah. Well, it's better than Joe versus the volcano. Volcano is like in the last ten minutes. I agree, but I was entertained. Film? I wasn't in Joe versus the volcano. While I made note of the fact the volcano hadn't showed up, I wasn't like they're going for God's sake get to oh, get right. to this volcano. Okay. Oh, right. Whereas in this, I was I'm like, not going to get them. In, just get them to the nunnery. Sure. I think. I think the issue that I took with it, like, and this kind of came out later on in the film, is I was expecting them to obviously get to this nunnery and then take the guise of nuns to you know hide or whatever but then i was expecting a lot more of a character development or a character arc to happen with the two characters and the fact that they would you know learn something from the nuns and there would be a lot more mm. kind of involvement in that part of the story but this it just seems to be about. like they're literally just trying you can't to go away. into the film thinking it's going to be some sort of high art piece morality story it's a carry-on film it's a shit police academy that's what you're dealing with it won't stop! Why not? I don't know! I don't know what's happened! Look! What are the petrol, you stupid dick? Hey, they got run for it! Do you, do you, are you, are you kind of in, in, you know, I'm not trying to set you up for, um, you know, for, for, for being cancelled, Fish, but are you, cancelled? Are you kind of in, do you kind of enjoy the smut? Is that what you're telling yeah. me? Is it kind of, it's <laughs> great. I think it's because you, you just don't get it. Here we go. I just sound like such no. an old man. You don't get it these days. <laughs> I think smut is kind of harmless when it's um, teenage boys. Like, so I, I like the movie Porky's, um, which is, again, is a bit smutty, but because it's like te horny teenage boys in an American high school, um, I think that's kind of harmless. Give me a hand here. Why do they, why do they call you laughing? Yeah, because they can kind of be forgiven, can't they? For, <laughs> yeah. for when it's full-grown men in showers pretending to be women looking at, like, 
girls probably more than half their age i was i was like oh man and also there was absolutely no need to actually show the women naked i was so i was shocked, shocked. i was shocked too <laughs> yeah but you rewound is... it didn't you yeah no. did. i was like oh my god they're at this actual nudity in this film and these Digital women are like zoom. in their 19 to 19 years and 20s and they're all carrying on around eric idol and robbie coltrane who are probably men in their early 40s more surprisingly, this this film only has a twelve certificate as well, and I thought, does it full frontal nudity almost certainly got you a fifteen certificate straight away? Yeah, in this day and age, the woke brigade. <laughs> <laughs> it's so um, steamy in here. Yes, it certainly is um, steamy. I mean, the, the, again, one of the. <laughs> One of the things that troubled me about the film is that it's there's only there's like it's got one joke, hasn't it? And the one joke is that isn't it funny seeing men dressed as women? And like that's kind of that's it. There was that I think it may be read better on the page because there was one gag in the middle where I was like, oh, this could have been really good, but the way they filmed it didn't. So there's a scene where Robbie Coltrane has to explain the Holy Trinity to Eric Idle. He's like, let me explain the Holy Trinity. And he like gets a cigarette out of his wallet and like lights it. And like if the camera had like slowly pushed in and it had been dramatic and they'd lit it a bit differently, like really overplayed it, I think that would have been really funny. But it's just Robbie Coltrane's really trying in the performance, but the film's not doing anything to kind of help him. Explain the Trinity. Hmm. Oh, it's a bit of a bugger. You get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. The three are one. Like a shamrock. Now, the father sent down the son who was love. And then when he went away, he sent down the Holy Spirit, who came down in the form of a... You told me already, a ghost. No, a dove. The dove was a ghost? No, the ghost was a dove. Let me try and summarise this. God is his son, and his son is God, but his son moonlights as a Holy Ghost, a Holy Spirit, and a dove, and they all sent each other, even though they're all one and the same thing. Got it. What? He really could be a nun. <laughs> Thanks. And um, and so it, it comes again. Robbie Coltrane, Coltrane comes across quite funny, delivering this really serious breakdown of the mm, Holy mm, Trinity. Mm. But like the film isn't, yeah, helping him out in any way. I mean, compare this to something like Austin Powers. Yeah, where like we obviously we, we've talked, we've watched Austin Powers as a group, not on this podcast, but t- together. And like that movie is doing so much to help the actors and the performance. And like the movie itself is funny outside of the actors in it this movie is not funny mm-hmm. like the actors are doing their best but this movie's doing nothing to help them in any um in any way shape or form like there's no visual gags here so there's nothing funny about the editing or the direction or it's kind of, it feels like the camera's just there just yeah. existing mm-hmm. anyway um uh, we're jumping around an awful lot i mean so the the, the, the opening of the movie there's um um, there's there, there, there's a bank robbery that goes wrong. They're against some Chinese gangs. Triads. And there's um, triads. triads. Yeah, but they're Chinese. Um, and I was thinking, you don't really, I don't really think of London as having a big Chinese sort of population outside of um, Chinatown. <laughs> Chinatown. And, yeah. Yeah, and that's why it's like one street in London. And like you never, I don't really think, I don't think, I don't think I've seen any other movie with a Chinese population depicted in London. Again, there's a, there's a gap there. Yeah. And even though I've lived in London for ten years. Didn't ever meet a Chinese person. I don't think. Maybe like you used to get exchange students come in uh, at uni, but I never met any local people in London that lived in London that were Chinese. Jim, 
You're more experienced than me. I mean, I have. I've you know I've worked with with Chinese people. Um, there is quite a strong community, like you say, mainly around Chinatown, the the one street. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was one of the things I did enjoy watching this movie is um, seeing London in the early nineties. Yes, I did. That was pretty. I enjoyed cool. that. I enjoyed seeing Stamford Bridge. I'm a Chelsea fan. It was cool to see that in the movie. And part of it was shot uh, quite near where I live, down by King's Cross and all these like gas cylinders, and you can see some Pancras station in the background. And so all those cylinders yeah. now are filled with like luxury apartments, which is pretty cool. That was cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was a nice little uh, observation. Yeah, I enjoy seeing London on film. It's very rare that you get to see it, really. Um... What the fuck are you talking about? I don't see it that often. What, London? Yeah. You see <laughs> Watch the, Paddington. You see the, <laughs> yeah, Paddington. Um, yeah, you see the Thames a lot, don't you? You see, oh, it's the Thames, it's the London Eye, but actually seeing a movie set in London and... Notting you know, Hill. On the streets. It felt, yeah, it felt like quite a realistic representation of London at the time, I think. So yeah, they got this money that they're... They got this money. They've stolen and then they've stolen again. Is that right? Yeah. I, yeah. I found it very distracting at the beginning. I don't know if you noticed this, where they're pointing guns at each other and they're all revolvers that clearly have no bullets in the gun. <laughs> Did you notice that? <laughs> no. Yeah. Did you not laugh when they accidentally <laughs> shot the guy as well? Like, it's so stupid. Hit the dick when you're dead! <laughs> you shot Louis, you arsehole. Oh, shit. So <laughs> you're laughing. Uh, I'm laughing that you found it so funny. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Um, then I wrote down 21 minutes into the movie, still waiting to laugh. So I'm, I, I was making notes. Uh, at some point, I stopped keeping count, so I must have laughed. I think, because I can't remember, is this, a, this is around the time he meets the girl, right? Faith. Have you seen my glasses anywhere? You got a customer. Where? Over there. Oh, thanks. Can I get you a drink, sir? Uh, coffee, please. Oh god! And boy, this this joke about how she can't see. <laughs> I think this was the one and only times I sniggered though throughout this film was when she really? like walked into a post or something, or she's like serving and then she walks into like two things. That's right. It's the slapstick. Only... <laughs> it's classic slapstick. I just don't understand how blind this this girl's supposed to be. Like she clearly can't see anything more than a foot in front of her. I think yeah, that's what the movie she's like, establishes. She's like Velma from Scooby Doo or something. Once the glasses are gone. <laughs> I, I felt this actress, she's somebody's famous as mum, actually. I looked that up. It's she's uh, like an actress now. Well, I don't know about that, but she plays Rose's mum in Doctor Who. That's it. No, that's what it was. She played Rose's mum in Doctor yeah, yeah, Who. Yeah, she's not... Yeah, yeah. Not, I was racking my brains because I recognised this girl and I couldn't think where from, but she was in King Ralph, right, a couple of years later. Oh, there you go. With uh, John Goodman. <clears throat> that's where, oh, okay. That's where I recognised her from. Um, we get George Harrison's song in there I quite enjoyed that Blow blow Away that I enjoyed I made note of that we've got to talk about this because I think it's crucial to my enjoyment of this movie mm-hmm. is, is this song the soundtrack the sort of main song that runs through the whole film mm. right is a song called The Race by Swiss electronic band Yellow How I don't think I've ever experienced a more perfect song for a film than this and Nuns on the Run. It's perfect. It's so wacky. It is a good is it song. Is for this movie? 
I don't think it was especially composed, but it's some genius when this fits perfectly. It reminded me a lot of it sits on that same level as um, uh, Foley's theme from Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, it's the same era kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good song. I want to do a t- I want to play this song to people and say, what film is this from? I reckon straight away. None's on the run. Pub quiz. I, I don't think many people have seen this movie, Fish. Of course they have. No. <laughs> You're talking to two idiots, you know, film fans here for the aficionados, and we've both never seen it. You'd have to be some sort of scholar of British cinema, <laughs> I think, to have seen this movie. But I think it's important to note, uh, going back to George Harrison, he actually uh, also produced this movie, right? Um, oh boy. Obviously, on, on the back of, because he um, produced uh, Life of Brian, I believe, and he was you know, oh, okay. quite, quite in, right. in with the Monty Python crowd, wasn't he? So, um, yeah. I think this was almost one of the last ones he did produce, though. Um, the villain in this movie is a bit of a non entity, isn't he? Just okay, com- now, th- this is where I'm in some level of agreement with you. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know who he reminds me of, and I couldn't place it. I wrote down Snatch question mark. Just was it like a rap, uh, maybe it was Lockstock? It just reminded me of a sort of amalgamation of characters from that kind of film yeah. done badly, acted worse. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, they needed to get Sting or somebody. That would have been. Yeah, that, yeah, there you go. I could <laughs> that see would have Sting been way better. It. Yeah, save okay. that for recast this. I, this guy was not enough of a uh, a, uh, a threat. Yeah, he was, yeah, he wasn't threatening enough. They they should have got a bigger named star, I think, to 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 play anyone. The George Harrison would be more threatening. <laughs> yeah. than- this guy. What about Brian and Charlie? Don't trust them no more. Think I'm gonna make tomorrow the last day on this planet. First we use them, then we get rid of them, like Kleenex. So start of the movie is this first 20 minutes. Really. They, 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 so they, they steal some money from some, a Chinese gang. The car blows up. They're forced into a nunnery. They put on the nun's outfit. They hide as nuns. I mean, I, I don't want to talk any more about the opening. You guys got any more to say about the opening 20, 30 minutes of this movie? Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> so then the middle section of the movie is the closest I came to enjoying it, which is this kind of where it becomes a smutty <laughs> 80s... Farcical um, <laughs> comedy. Sexy rom-com type thing that it delves into. So we're kind of, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like that you have to cover for... And I didn't quite understand this. I swear they say you have to cover for third-year religious study girls. Sure. Something yeah. like that. And then it yeah. turns out they're like basically... I don't... Like, are these girls staying in the nunnery? Yeah, it's like a boarding they, they all look school. Like they're isn't like twenty-one. It? Yeah, but it's like boarding, isn't it? A boarding school. Are they all trainee nuns playing netball. I think it's the. I think they could become nuns if they want, but it's just like a. I got the impression they were at uni and they were just kind of dropping by. No, to I the think nunnery. it's, it's, it's like a boarding a, school because like you a, see. Yeah, it's like a board a Catholic boarding school, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Because yeah. they go to a house party, don't they? In one of the uh, yeah uh, okay. like halls, and there's like a drug rehabilitation thing. That's a big part of the plot. Yes. So these yes, be troubled right. girls probably that end up in nunneries, don't they, traditionally? I used to think maybe you went there if you'd been a bit bad. No, it's just like a uni. just happens to be run by nuns. As you know, we run a teacher training college in this convent for 18 to 22-year-old girls. You do? You have experience? Of 18-year-old girls, yes, plenty. <laughs> it's very confusing. I mean, I, I agree, it is confusing. It was confusing to me. Um, well, they're all supermodels who are super skinny, with great bodies, <laughs> yeah, makes no sense. There's no, there's no. They're, they're all, they're all one shape and size. Let's put it that way. There was not, there was not a diverse mix of girls here. They all walked off, uh, walked out of Victoria's Victoria Secrets um, model collection and ended up at this nunnery. Brilliant casting. <laughs> 
Um, so we get a scene where Robbie Coltrane plays basketball with them. I mean, I suppose also the movie's asking you to suspend your disbelief that nobody yeah. realizes that there are men. <laughs> they're men. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but this is the they're point. not wearing. They're not wearing any makeup. <laughs> yeah. No, they are. Yes, they do. They go and wear. They go to the, the boots and wear makeup. Excuse me. Do nuns usually wear makeup? It's our day off. They drop it though, don't they? They're not really wearing. This makeup. isn't Mrs. Doubtfire, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> if it had been Mrs. Doubtfire, if they'd gone that, I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. But it's literally just men wearing habits. That's, yeah. Uh, and putting on a bit of a feminine voice. Got any booze? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's that's the extent of their performance. So yeah, Robbie Coltrane plays some netball. Eric Idle goes to like a, a class and explains the Holy Trinity. That seems. Terrible, by the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, not, not, not funny. That that was kind of a blissful thirty minutes that went by quite fast, I guess, because there was a lot of nudity and I was sort of uncomfortable and repulsed. Yeah, it was all so just very. Wrong, I was shifting it? around uncomfortably. Yeah, yeah, it didn't feel. Um, but the time good. did go fast. <laughs> um, it's just a believability of it all as well. This party they're having, like they're not having a party like this. Like that's ridiculous. This, this is like a Catholic school. They would, yeah. you know, it's just... I not... heard they party pretty hard at Catholic schools, Jim. Yeah, of course they do. They party the hardest out of everyone. <laughs> cool, we're it's getting like, into a dangerous it's... area now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad that the movie didn't in any way... Um, they just kind of oogle these girls. There's no touching or kissing yeah. or anything uncomfortable, thankfully. The movie also skirts around and doesn't... There's no, well, other than the, the Chinese criminals, I, I don't think there was any kind of overt racism, which I was kind of waiting to happen at any point. I was like, any movie that's going to going to hit me with something. But thankfully it didn't, actually. Um, and then the final 30 minutes is kind of just like a big, long chase scene, isn't it? Where the gang yeah. criminals turn up for their cash at the nunnery. Yeah, I kind of preferred the, the last 30 minutes, I think. To the rest of the well, movie. it's action. It doesn't stop. Yeah, it just picks up a bit more pace, doesn't it? And it's a bit more fun. There is a there is a, a a cried rape gag in there, though. I didn't know that crying rape was actually a thing. I don't know if that's the gag. Where <laughs> they smash through a window. This is hilarious. <laughs> I, I was confused by all of that. I just, yeah, wrote down the word rape with a question mark and exclamation mark behind it. I had no idea what was going on at this point. Uh, played for laughs, though. Played for laughs. Oh, hilarious. Um, it's yeah, always hilarious yeah. when someone shouts yeah. rape. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, no. See, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel, I feel wrong just saying it. Um, this is when the gag happens, Jim, that you that is memorable where the where the girlfriend, the love interest of Eric Idol, gets out of the back of a lorry and just starts bumping into things because she can't <laughs> she can't see and ends up in hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Um there is a drunk nun, and we should talk about her. That's there's like a subplot where she like gambles all the money away and is drunk. The nun yeah, the, the, right, the, yeah. the, the money. Yeah. And then this comes back later because they can, you know, re-get the, the cash. Have you have we even mentioned that Faith is the love interest of um, of Brian, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think we've sort of skirted past it. That they've sort of mm-hmm. they're supposed to be in love, and she thinks that he's married. Oh yeah, that he lies to her, says he's married, and she ends up because in the he's hospital. trying to protect her, isn't he? He's trying to yeah, protect yeah. her from the, the gangster life. Now I will, I will accept that I don't buy that. 
Um, <laughs> you don't buy their romance? Relationship in the slightest. No. <laughs> what? But she equally, says that she can't be with him. She wants to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I'm too busy laughing out loud to care about the plot. Fish, I want to have a videotaped, like, you know, I need to like see a Gogglebox episode of you watching this movie because I cannot believe that you were laughing through this. I love this film. <laughs> now, I can, I can only assume, right, because if this came out in 1990, let's assume yeah. that I was sort of eight, nine years old then. In 1990? Yeah, that's right. Okay. So it must have embedded itself in my brain, and my brain's grown around this film. Like, <laughs> like you say, it's like Inception. I obviously believe this film to be an amazing <laughs> comedy, and it's just not. Something's gone wrong somewhere. <laughs> what I found amusing about the, um, the final 30 is um, they're like the best... I don't know if they reshot it or what. They must have. Well, they were like, okay, clearly the, the, we love the cross-dressing guys. We love them in the... That's, so in the final 30, we get them cross-dressing two more times. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, Different yeah. outfits. Totally. Yeah. Nurses. It's like... And I, I can only imagine the people in the audience in Britain, you know, back in 1990, were just slapping their knees. Like, oh my God, now they're, now they're nurses. Now they're and nurses. then and Exactly. Then, right at the end. Oh God, no, wait. They're our hostesses now. Oh. Yeah. It's because, like Amazing. I said, this film only has one joke and they're just going to get as much out of that. They're going to mine that for what they can. Yeah. Some champagne, perhaps? <laughs> or some caviar? By, by the end of this movie, this reminded me of the backlash that's now faced Little Britain, hasn't it? Yes. That's, that's come back now. And I was like, this is very much the school of Little Britain. Yeah, but this, Little Britain isn't funny. Never has been. Well, it, I mean, there's a lot of people that do think it's very funny and are very, you know, uh, think that, you know, that the modern times has cancelled it out because mm-hmm. they have cancelled I think that, that that has sort of been cancelled out. I, I used to I used to think it was funny when I was a, a teenager. I've, you know, since grown. Yeah. Pretentious um, Dave strikes again. I never found Little Britain yeah. funny. Again, I just yeah. at this point, though, when they do dress up as nurses and then they put the habits on the actual nurses and then the police come and lay, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> thinking yeah. that it's Sorry. Robbie Coltrane and Eric Idle, they pull these habits off these actual nurses. She's just wearing like full lingerie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. if that's not a carry-on moment I don't know what's, exactly. what it is you know? exactly. I don't think it goes far enough with. I think actually you know what I think the movie's probably at its strongest when it is being this smutty lewd comedy but it just kind of changes into that about 40 minutes in <laughs> yeah. and then you get a couple of jokes like that I just don't think it's it probably needed to be one or the other I think, I think it's just you need to re-watch this film how many times did you watch it? just, just the ones, <laughs> just right, just ones. The, I yeah. think you'll appreciate it on a higher level <laughs> Once you've watched it again, because you know what's coming, yeah, yeah. I anticipate. I'll be, I'll be watching my. I, I don't think I could ever watch the opening 20, 30 minutes again. Fish. Let's skip I'd it. Start it when I probably yeah. skipped that when I was younger as well. <laughs> as soon as they get into the nunnery, bang. Do you guys have anything else to say about nuns on the run? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually. Well, okay. There was one thing which I hadn't picked up on when I was younger and I picked up on this time mm-hmm. I was really proud of myself for picking up on it and then mm-hmm. I went on IMDB trivia thinking it wouldn't be there and then of course it was there <laughs> but it but it was their names I was like oh it, it's, he's called Brian Hope she's called Faith and I was like hang on a minute oh. Faith Hope and Charity so they went with Faith Hope and Charlie mm. which I thought was quite a nice little nice nice little touch oh, very good. naming yeah. touch Trivia Bomb do you think this? Because I know on the on the poster, the, the tagline is something like the the what is it? The biggest anti-clerical transvestite movie of the year, or something. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
I was just curious to think if, you know, if you guys thought it was trying to be like Life of Brian, you know, was it, is it trying to make a comment about the church in any meaningful way or is it just funny because they're dressed well, as nuns? Well, I think, I think Charlie's has probably two or three different kinds of monologues about the church throughout this film. Um, just like, looking at some of these quotes, uh, some con men sell life insurance, the church sells afterlife insurance. It's brilliant. Everyone thinks you might need it and no one can prove that you don't. Yeah. And it's little, little That's a good line. Like That's that. a good, yeah. 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 I just want it like, you know, because we said, you can watch this film as a carry-on movie, which probably if we go back and watch it again, we should watch it that way. Um, or it could it could have been a much smarter movie, I think, is what I'm saying. It could have I been. I think there was... It could have I leaned think it's into that. Yeah, I feel like that, I feel like there was potentially maybe a good script here. Like, at the end, when uh, Robbie Coltrane's repenting, that's like supposed to be serious, isn't it? Wait! I'm a Catholic. I want absolution. Absolution is only possible with repentance. I repent. So do I. Shut up! Shut up! Yes, shut up, Mary. If you repent, hand that stolen money over to me. Why should you get it? Shut up, Brian. You see, sister, if you hand us over to the police, it means certain death for us. We work for a gang boss who's got associates in every jail in the country. We wouldn't last more than 24 hours before we had a fatal accident. Also, I'm in love and I'd like to get married. And, you know, if they're sentenced to jail forever, and what'll happen to my girl? Besides, I really do repent. Really. Well, I don't know whether I can believe all this. Well, that's your problem, sister. From now on, it's every nun for himself. <laughs> Giving, you know, repenting for being a criminal and saying he's sorry, and I feel like there probably was a version of this movie where they do learn something from being around the female nuns. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of a comedy that's maybe successful in doing that that blends humour and seriousness and a message. I guess I'm, I, I guess I'm thinking of right Jason Reitman's movies did that very well, like Juno and um, Up in the Air. If you've seen that with Clooney, or even um, like um, Sideways, the wine movie, yeah. they're very good, like comedies of like a serious drama in the middle. Yeah, I feel like that was, there's probably a version of this movie that could do that. I mean, it's been a very long time since I've seen it, but um, what was the? Oh my god, I've forgotten the, the name of it. The Whoopi Goldberg movie, Sister Act. Oh, Sister, Sister Act. Act. Yeah, was there any kind mm-hmm. of serious tone to that? Yes. Movie? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It was similar in a lot of ways. She was. Uh, she was sort of. I think she was the girlfriend of a gangster, and she went into hiding in a nunnery, and then the sort of plot became that she was. Mm-hmm. She became. What, what did she do? She she helped the choir sing in front of the Pope or something. Something like that, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. We'll probably we'll, that'll that'll come up on the rewatch. That's getting rewatched, Sister yeah. Act. If we get there, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Hail, girls. Hail, Mary. What's up? Well, nothing you could say could tear me away from my God. My God. Nothing you could do, cause I'm stuck like glue. Are you a young, impressionable, college-age student with a dark past, looking for luscious shower, gym facilities with a hint of the heavenly spirit? Look no further than Blessed Trinity. Blessed Trinity has been raising the brightest and best size 6 women for over 20 years. The best way to break a bad habit is to start wearing one. Join up to Blessed Trinity now. Amen. A women. Put your feet up. Get yourself a cup of tea. It's time for Categories.
And we're back. Time for categories. Guys, what was the best line from Nuns on the Run? I'm not going first on this. <laughs> I mean, I will... <laughs> I guess there must I, have been one chuckle that you had in this film. Come I on. did have another little chuckle at um, Spectacles, Testicles, Wallet and Watch. No, no, look, I've told you. With Spectacles, Testicles, Wallet and Watch. Just because I seem, <laughs> I seem to remember, and I don't think it was based on this movie. I feel like that phrase... It was. Well... <laughs> It probably was, but I'm sure it's been said in like I've got a recollection of like Harry Enfield saying that in like Harry Enfield and Chums or something. Yeah, but that'd have been after this. Oh, I'm sure it was. But then I remember as a kid, you know, like repeating that line a lot. So that kind of uh, it just sparked a little memory. See, it's made its way enjoyed. into popular culture. Yeah, I don't have one. Uh recast this. Pick <laughs> Hang on. No, 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 no. First of all, yes, you do. You must have giggled once at this film, don't lie. I think I did giggle when Robbie Coltrane gave that Trinity speech. Right. Yeah. That was yeah. when I giggled. Okay. When he lights the cigarette. Um, right, okay. That was funny. Say, I'm I'm a simple creature. I laughed <laughs> at, uh, just at Charlie. Mainly. Do you have any experience Actually. of 18-year-old girls? Lots. <laughs> yeah, you go. That's one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. And the other one, when he's, uh, <laughs> he's trying to get into the, the, the locked cupboard... When that right. the old nuns locked yeah. the the suitcase yeah. in the cupboard. It um, it won't open. Of course not. It's locked. Give us the. F Could we have the key, please? Funny, and also, uh, when he lures the triad into the sluice room. Excuse me, sir. Have you ever seen a sluice room? This is what we call a bedpan. Papa, we use it for getting rid of shit. <laughs> hits him on the head with the bedpan oh, with a boy. comedy cartoon noise. Come on, wow. lads. Come on. My, my this wow. is genius film. Um, category two is recast this. Pick a 90s actor and recast this movie to make it better. You know what? Maybe I was thinking about this. I was thinking maybe part of the humour of this is you have to have a relationship, a proper relationship with Robbie Coltrane and Eric Idle because mm. I didn't. Because yeah. let me tell you, if it's the same movie, but it's Ben Affleck and Matt Damon dressed as nice, <laughs> I am probably giggling all the way through. I probably, I probably find that's, it that's ten times funnier. That's basically dogma, isn't it? <laughs> They're not dressed. They're as... almost nuns, <laughs> though, aren't they? <laughs> but no. But I think if you've got a relationship to the actors, it probably is funnier. Well, I did. I definitely had a relationship with Eric Idle because of yeah, um, uh, Monty Python and Life of Brian and mm. stuff. But I, I don't. You see, I didn't grow up on Monty Python. I yeah, didn't, I know that's this. It's sin, but I didn't. I think more more importantly, though, like we said earlier, it might be the, the chemistry between them needed to be better, I think. Yes. Rather than the relationship you have to them, um, you know. So if you imagine, like, uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels in Dumb and Dumber, like, if yeah. it had been those two doing this, like, for me, I that would have been reason, hilarious. The reason Ben Affleck and Matt Damon make me laugh, I think, is because I think they kind of have to be slightly macho and then it becomes a bit funny because the true. idea of Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels I don't find it as funny as sure. Ben Affleck and Matt Damon um, if it was George Clooney and Brad Pitt again very funny <laughs> to me imagine that imagine that, imagine that. <laughs> um, or if it, I think it's or if it had been like like Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci like that yeah still brilliant <laughs> that would be hilarious yeah. excellent so I think yeah maybe there's just not cast right fish for us you know <laughs> clearly Category three is kill the lead. I don't think you could do it in this movie. Although Pointless. if they killed Eric Idle, I wouldn't have cared. 
Yeah. If this is if this had just been the Robbie Coltrane movie, yeah. it would have been just as funny. Yeah. And maybe it's because Robbie Coltrane sadly passed away just before recording this podcast. But I haven't actually seen that many Robbie Coltrane things. I know he was like big in like Cracker, but I haven't really Crack- ever watched any Robbie yeah. Coltrane stuff. I think this was his first kind of breakout film role, wasn't it? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. He must yeah. have had done something to get this though. He this wouldn't have just been like a bit of blind casting. No, no he no, was. No. Oh, he was in. I've, I've, forgotten what it was now but he was in something with eric idol um mm, briefly right. okay. prior to this um mm. yeah obviously led to this uh there's no food in this movie that i remember except for the fish and chips at the beginning didn't like a particularly good plate of fish and chips either i have to say it wasn't like oof, delicious right, it's a cafe in king's cross in the early 90s of london wasn't it? it's not gonna be didn't look great not gonna be good Musical number. This movie needed a musical number. You're in a you're in a nunnery. You know, there's some there's no choir singing in this movie. Yeah, Sister no, Act had that cover yeah, didn't they did. a couple of years later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, not really a musical number. I did enjoy the little the, the basketball montage when the music <laughs> yes, music nice. kicked in. Again, see that's very police academy as well. I, actually, you know, I did laugh at the gag of Robbie Coltrane doing slam dunk. Yeah, you go. <laughs> they kind of they put a cut in there, a cutaway of him somehow doing a slam dunk. Yeah. The Beckdale test. I don't believe two women talk to this other in this movie, which is shocking. Yes, they do. Do they? Go yep. on. Mm. Uh, when they find the bag of money, they talk about it being used for good. Oh, very good. The nuns, so it passes. Tick. What has happened is that the good guys have got it instead of the bad guys. Like Robin Hood. We will put the money to God's use. They took it from kids on drugs. We will use it to get them off drugs. Let us pray. Tick, yeah. Who knew this was a, a tale of female it's, empowerment? It's unlikely that this would pass, <laughs> but it does pass. Technically passes. Yes. I, I, you know what? I, I do think, actually, that the movie's quite respectful to the, the female actresses in this movie that aren't skin models. <laughs> so the, the female... They don't embarrass the female nuns the, the or the head, older the actresses. The nun, the, the Captain Janeway nun, as I called her. Yeah, she, they're all very good, the actor, the actresses. You can tell that they're probably proper actresses playing the nuns. Yeah. And the movie doesn't embarrass them and they don't, they're not embarrassed, thankfully. Yeah. Um, would this be movie, movie be bought better non-linear? Like 100%. Let's just start this in the nunnery, please. Let's start there mm-hmm. and get us... No, and go back and tell us how they got there. I think or, so. Could start, could have ended, it could have started with a Mexican standoff or something. If you could get away with it, not if, if you could somehow get away with not letting it be clear that they are men, somehow. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how you would do that. And then, <gasps> oh, they're men. That would be awesome. Yeah, you could have just started the movie with everyone playing it straight and not knowing what the hell is going on. That yeah. might have yeah. had yeah. some chuckles. I just want to chip in, actually, just just before we do another bit, because I, I don't want to, I don't want to skip over it. I think yeah. we, we haven't mentioned the priest at any point. The holy oh, priest. Oh, yeah. The priest. Oh, God. Now, now that, was, um, that was surely one of the ropiest bits of the film, this <laughs> slightly creepy. Was, it, was he a bit pedo-y or was he just sleazy priest? Uh, <laughs> a bit pedo-y. I don't think we, I don't think we can te- say that. That's the technical term. Of course it is. Again, it could just be a comment on the Catholic Church. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Um, but he was trying it on with one of them. I can't remember which one it was. But if you need any consolation... We don't need your sort of consolation, Father Seamus. We've heard all about you from Father Pearson. I don't know what you mean. I don't like the way you're looking at me. I'm not looking at you anyway. I admit I enjoy women's company. There's nothing wrong with that, I hope, sister. We're not women. We're nuns. We don't even think of ourselves as women at all. Well, that's a pity. 
if I may say so. Does another movie do this better? I think, Jim, I think you've hit on it. Mrs. Doubtfire is probably the best sort of cross-dressing... Cross-dressing comedy. Tootsie. Comedy. Tootsie was good. Tootsie. Um, That's a proper serious movie. Yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Um, Both of them. Excellent. I think also um, just, you know, yeah, Sister Act, probably, you know, if we're looking at films about nuns. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I also... I don't think I've seen it, but I vaguely remember, I think it's probably around the same time or a year before, there was a film with Robert De Niro in and Sean Penn... <laughs> Where they go undercover as priests, yeah. I think. Was it? I've not seen it. We're no yes. angels, I think it was. Something called. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, what is it about the early 90s that Hollywood or whatever thought, let's do some nun films? Like, were they in trouble with the church? Did they have to, like, was this payback? What happened? Three nun based scripts in the course of like three years. Yeah, I don't know. That seems peculiar. I don't know. Um, early 90s and nuns. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Memorabilia from the film. This would be an interesting one. Um, bedpan. Bedpan. What a bedpan. Yeah. What a bedpan, please. Signed. A signed bedpan. You've got to uh, choose I, something. You can't bail. I guess I want I want the hat that Robbie Coltrane wore, signed by Robbie Coltrane. What hat? The habit. Oh, the, know, habit. Oh, the habit. Hat. Signed by Robbie Coltrane. That'd be quite the item, wouldn't it? It would, yeah. Um, remake, sequel, or Paul Feig gender swap? You know what? <laughs> I'll take the remake. If they wanted a remake, Nuns on the Run. I, I, I pitched it already. Get Ben and Matt in. Nah, you want a gender swap where they go into a monastery. <laughs> Women pretending to be men in a monastery. Yeah, m- monks on the run. <laughs> Get Kirsten Wig and Kelly, you know. Lads on the lamb. Lads on the yeah. Yeah, get, get um, what's her name? Who? So you got Kirsten Wig and then Melissa McCarthy. Get them dressed up as blokes in a, in a, in a, in a, Priest. I'm out yeah. straight away. So a Paul Feig gender swap. I'm for it. Let's go. I think, yeah, or a remake. A remake. Or a remake. You can't remake this. You could. It would be better. Yeah, but it, it'll lose all its appeal for me. You'd have to, <laughs> I'd like to see them try and remake it. Yeah, that'd be, I'd up for that. In, today's, for that, yeah. in today's climate. I want a big, glossy Hollywood remake with yeah. Jack Black. Michael Bay <laughs> would direct, direct this. Jack Will Black. Smith. Will Smith and Martin Lando. Make it bad boy. No, so Martin Lando. Could you dig him up? <laughs> No, I meant uh, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. <laughs> Bad Boys Four. I'm surprised that I'm surprised. Actually, I'm surprised that Michael Bay's not tapped this. This feels like something he would do. Right. What's not woke? I think we've talked about it at length. The movie. Yeah. Gro- yeah. The, the whole, whole movie. movie. Yeah. And grow men around young naked women. Um, the legacy of this film. Iconic. Fish. It's not even available to buy. <laughs> you can't get this movie. It's rare. There is something about it, though, isn't there? Because yes, even there though is. I'd never seen it before, it is a well-known movie, and everyone yeah. knows I think of if it. You are, I think if you're English and grew up in the 90s, you'd heard of this film. It was a big movie in England. That's I think. a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. If you're English and grew up in the 90s. I don't think anyone that wasn't born in the 80s has ever heard of this film. Rubbish. What do you mean, born in the 80s? Well, Because you, you kind of had to have been, you know sentient during the 90s in British is what I'm saying right, okay. you're born yeah. after that you would have missed it it would have passed you by mm. I don't think so mm. I'm going to start a petition to get this on streaming services because this is ridiculous can you imagine it getting the proper Mark Mode treatment you know <laughs> yeah. just like nuns on the run 1990 classic you'd have to eat your words if Mark Commode loves this film you're going to have to apologise to me and everybody yeah, I mean he might he, he wouldn't do himself any favours by I'm coming out and stating that publicly I'm going to tweet him and find out I'm not joking <laughs> yeah um Right then. Yeah. Scores out of five? Ten. <laughs> Jim? 
Uh, two, two, 1.5, two. It's, 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 uh, it's, it's a zero from me. Ooh, it's a zero. A big you old can't give a zero. film a zero. <laughs> oh boy, I can. No. <laughs> Burn it. The legacy of the movies is that my children's generation will show them to their children. So you could be watching it in 50 years' time. Easy. I'll not be here, sadly. But <laughs> Don't you think on it for one minute. But Hagrid will. Well.